Hello everyone and welcome to the Treehouse Letter. I am Milan Shatton, your host and producer of today's podcast. Um, and on the Treehouse Letter, we talk about stories that are true, essays about everything that matters and just as much that doesn't. Um, I've been off for a bit and traveling and that is the title of today's podcast, Family Travel in a Pandemic by Air and by Land. Key West. In December, my family flew to Key West direct from Newark Airport. The flight was canceled because of snow, a foot dumped north of the Merritt Parkway in Connecticut. We took the same flight the next day and it was barely half full. The trip to the airport was easy. No traffic in the morning. The concourse was not busy and not empty. The United Airlines attendant gave me a Coke, which I nursed for an hour with my mask down. Folks were spread out on the flight. My 80-year-old mom flew with us, snuggled next to my daughter by the window seat, chatting about her boyfriend and upcoming travels. Key West required a mask outside of the hotel room, but most people didn't wear it on the beach or on walks. People wore masks on Duval Street, which is the main drag with its endless pubs and eateries and bars. If they had drinks in hand, they walked with masks down. The local paper boasted two pages of happy hour locales with the beverage of choice. Yes, the bars were open. It was easy to find a table, which were spaced well apart. The Uber drivers told us things that had been hard in Key West. The workers at the Barbary Beach House, where we stayed, put on a good face, through the plexiglass at check-in and over their masks. Dining and lobby and pool were all spaced well. The resort had opened during the pandemic and is located on Smathers Beach, which was on the south side of the island. We didn't have a problem booking activities. The Sunset Water Sports all-in-one water adventure included jet skis, parasailing, banana boats, snorkeling. And once we left the dock, folks removed their masks. It's not an easy thing to keep on in the water or at the bar. Swimming to the catamaran's ladder, I noticed a disposable mask floating by like a child's paper boat. The crew wore face coverings and the company reduced the occupancy to make folks feel comfortable. My children went fishing and they brought home yellow snapper for the resort chef to prepare for us. The next day they rode jet skis around the island with my husband while my mother and I had savory crepes at the Banana Cafe right on Duval. Other fun breakfast spots included Croissants de France with its delicious raspberry filled and savory croissants and the Old Town Bakery. My husband and I took an early morning bike ride there for a quick breakfast to go. My oldest child had turned 21 during the pandemic, so she ordered her first island cocktail with dinner at Fogarty's Flying Monkey Saloon. I went to the Hemingway's house. It was a short wait and I had to wear a mask. Um, but the, he had written 70% of his books in Key West at this site. Go if you like writers or cats. The famous six-toed variety still takes up residence as many as 50 or more living on the premises with kennels for new litters. <laughs> Cats do not follow rules, so they didn't wear masks, and they were curled up on Ernie's bed, right there in Hemingway's guest room. 
in his bedroom. My mother and I visited the Butterfly Conservatory, which is a real gem on the watery aisle. She giggled like she was in paradise. They also have a great gift shop. The family did the ghost tour with Robert the Doll, which was not what I expected, but a look into the paranormal history of the museum and the haunted doll. Renting scooters was fun, and the beach house offered them on site, along with bike rentals. The island is roughly four by two miles, so it's easy to get everywhere on a bike or scooter. Key West is mile marker zero on the famous US-1 highway in the southernmost point of the United States. There's a human-sized buoy ready for selfies to prove it. A guide without his mask on was there with hand sanitizer and a healthy appetite to recommend eateries and chastise anyone in line for standing too close or touching other phones without sanitizing. He offered to take photos and told us that we missed Matt McConaughey by an hour. <laughs> My daughters, okay, me too, were devastated. Even when I told them that McConaughey was my age, as in much older than they are. Sunrise on the south side was best, along South Roosevelt Boulevard near the East Martello Museum or off our balcony. Sunset at Mallory Square was a social experience with tourists, buskers, and vendors, hawking, carved shells, wire art, and island drinks. My mother wanted coconut water, like tapped directly from the nut, and she found a vendor there. She was not keen on the scooter after the novelty wore off, but she did enjoy the shops, the warm weather, and morning tai chi on her balcony. She didn't do well on her own when we were on the water. Uh, at her age, she feels comfortable with someone else handling the logistics. I mean, who doesn't? Cafe Soleil was a highlight of the visit. The food, memorable. All the soups were delicious. Portobello and onion and lobster bisque. Grandma enjoyed the pasta with seafood and the family loved the hog snapper. It's a dish they'd been making for 27 years. I had the roast duck, which was done well, but the fish was exceptional. The waiter enjoyed our appetite and seemed taken with the children, now young adults. He brought several desserts, key lime pie and a chocolate souffle. The only disappointment was the string of fairy lights which went out behind the table. It had given it this ethereal feeling to such a delicious evening. Another dining, uh, Another dinner we really enjoyed was Alonzo's Oyster Bar, and they served up heaping plates and excellent seafood. I mean, I don't love oysters, but all of it was good. And there was no wait compared to at least half an hour wait to get into the Conk Republic next door. That place is all about ambiance, which because it, it has a store-length bar, and uh, our resort concierge had said the food was actually better at Alonzo's, and with that I had to agree. Uh, my husband, Mark, and I biked to Fort Taylor um, State Park, which is at the west end of the island, named for uh, President Zachary Taylor. For $2.50 bike fee, it's really worth it. If you take a car, I think it's like five. Um, there are pristine beaches and an old fort. Uh, it was never attacked. Uh, the Union forces occupied the fortifications, which were once surrounded by ocean. Today, you can walk up on the ramparts and have a good look around the water and island. The flight back on December 23rd was easy. 
was about half full, and the Newark concourse seemed empty before Christmas. So much so, I had to take photos to believe it. You can check those out online. New Year's on wheels and a road trip and family skate. For New Year's, we left at 6.30 a.m. from Connecticut and headed south to Virginia to visit my brother. The traffic was light through New York City and across the GW Bridge, George Washington Bridge, through Jersey and Delaware and then Washington, D.C., until we hit Interstate 95 in Virginia. <laughs> it chugged up there at late morning, but it wasn't bad. We made it in time for lunch, and we had even picked up Vietnamese sandwiches at the Bind Me shop in Arlington, um, right off Route 50. It's called DC Sandwich along the way. We made record time on the return trip back on New Year's Day with open lanes on the New Jersey Turnpike and no wait on the GW Bridge. It looked like most people opted to stay home. Uh, things were closed in Virginia, many at reduced occupancy, mass, re reduced occupancy uh, with mass mandatory. We waited in the car for lunch at a Vietnamese pho house, and we were the only large family on New Year's Eve um, at Peter Chang's. There were two other couples seated far apart beyond the glass-topped partition. <laughs> I gotta tell you about this roller rink. Things were busy there. Coronavirus be damned. On Wednesday, the Cavalier family skating had dollar night, and they opened to the first 225 people. The line went down the front of the building and nearly the length of the side uh, while they were, folks were waiting for it to open. And we were one of the last, if not the very last, uh, people to make it in. The staff wore masks, but most skated without masks. Most of the people in general, the staff, uh, the staff excluded, really. A throwback culture with a 70s and 80s vibe and a diverse cross-section of society. They had speed races by age group, they had adult skate, and the disco lights were spinning onto the holiday crowd. The staff wore referee jerseys and shirts with large letters on the back, informing inexperienced skaters to move to the middle. It was a warning worth heeding because the speed demons whipped around the outer rink and zipped between new skaters. Synchronized skating and smooth rollers were a sight to behold. Grown men, arm in arm, jiving, some with fuzzy animals tied to their skates. Tight pants, sweet moves. My nieces and nephews had their own skates and tricks, going slow for my kids to hold on, skating backwards or jumping onto the side platform. My niece Jojo won her speed race and a free drink from the snack bar. I didn't fall, and I managed to do 10 laps in a stint, that is, before sitting back down. It was fun just watching. And it was fun getting back up, trying out moves the next round. I managed to cross my feet over on the turns, and I could almost, sort of, move my feet back and forth in line, one in front of the other without lifting a skate. I mean, I was stiff, more like a two-by-four on end, than like the skating god of my imagination, his holy roly highness sweetness from the movie Roll Bounce. Now that's Wesley Jonathan, the actor. If you haven't seen the iconic film Roll Bounce, I recommend it with five stars. Anyway, it felt like we were skating and living in that film. I had been rolling a few times with the gang, my brother's family of seven. 
We planned to go down to Virginia early to hit the rink together. I met the manager and workers, coming away inspired by the openness and the genial interaction. I watched my 11-year-old nephew roll along, chatting from his four-foot worldview to a staffer, maybe with a 60- or 70-year-old worldview. <laughs> Skating is a culture, boasted one skater's shirt. You know, I've looked for roller rinks back by my home here in Connecticut, but ice is king in the Northeast. Anyways, if you don't mind the pandemic, it's a good time for travel. Fairly clear roads with planes and lodging easy to book and comparatively cheap during the busy season. The best part of the pandemic, at least in this quarter, has been the traffic or the lack of it. Even after the vaccines, I wonder if folks will go back to traveling and working the same as they had before. The extra space in public is nice, certainly the lack of crowds and lines. Small businesses and individuals have really suffered during this time. But surprisingly, um, travel was okay. Anyway, here's to a happy and healthy 2021. Safe travels this year on whatever journeys you may take by air or by land or from your armchair. That's the end of today's podcast. Please visit thetreehouseletter.com to learn more about Key West and the places I mentioned and skating, as well as see photographs. And thank you for listening.